0: In today's podcast, we're going to talk about some of the root causes that cause burnout and all the stress that's, you know, involved with cybersecurity and some of the things you can do to help mitigate it and make your life more enjoyable. So stay tuned.
1: So Brad, how long have you been working in cybersecurity? So, in specific, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't realize that I was in cybersecurity until probably 10 years ago, but I'd been in cybersecurity roles for probably seven before that. So you're, you're yeah. rolling on almost two decades. Yeah. 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 Give or take. So, and you've
0: been pretty stressed the entire time you've been in The that entire role, time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too. So, <laughs> um, see, I'm 36. I'm going
1: on about 17 years myself. Yeah, I'm 43, so, uh, Yeah, so, and and of my twenty-three years of IT experience,
0: a A vast
1: majority of it's been cyber related. Maybe nineteen or twenty. Yeah.
0: So uh, you know, we've we've worked in it a while, Mm -hmm. and we have spent an absorbent amount of time uh, stressed the hell out, and that's because we know what's going on. And most people, there's a saying that ignorance is bliss. Oh, yeah. It certainly is. You know, if you don't know, you don't care. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once you know it, it eats at you. Especially if you do care. Especially if you actually have work ethic, motivation, aptitude, and the care and want to do well. Right, right. So we figured it'd be probably a pretty good idea to discuss um, several reasons why, you know, cybersecurity teams may be overworked, overburdened, stressed, stressed the hell out, on the verge of burnout, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, some strategies that cybersecurity teams can utilize to uh, kind of counter those issues and, you know, how
1: you can make life more enjoyable for your team because
0: it, it starts at the top, right?
1: So And possibly prolong your career in cybersecurity. Or your, or your life. Yeah, or you your know, life. Stress takes a very bad toll <laughs> on the human
0: body. Um, that's why cybersecurity people, like, Die quicker, other than the general unhealthy lifestyles that we live, because <laughs> yeah, but... we live on caffeine and hate. <laughs> and hate, <So>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so, Brad, what's the number one thing in our list that we've devised here?
1: So so kicking it off, um, we've got growing cybersecurity threats, uh, and I don't know about you or the folks that are watching, but Lord, all the time, there's a new announcement um, of a mm, breach. There was a new Fortinet vulnerability. Yeah. Vul- vulnerabilities coming out all day, every day. Another 300 firewalls I have to update. And severe ones. Like these are ugly vulnerabilities. The latest fu- Fortinet vul- vulnerabilities have been ugly. Um, and so the, the, the number of those vulnerabilities, it, it seems endless. It's, they're always being announced all day, every day. Uh, and, Often we're not able to patch them as quickly as or as simply as just installing a like a like a Windows patch, like what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not always as simple as just update right, somewhere.
0: Right. Patch the system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the things that we have to do when there's a, a vulnerability announced that the patch may not be available yet, but there's a workaround. We may have to go edit the registry in a thousand machines. Crazy stuff like that. And when I'm in group policy, I break things.
0: <laughs> so Growing cybersecurity threats. Yeah. Increasing number. And it's not just... And I can't... The more I think about it, you know, in a previous episode or two, I've, I've, I've slammed her in a couple. Uh, oh. Jen Easterly yeah. talking about, you know, companies need to do better. Right. And that we need to take it away from people. I think we need to leave people at the forefront of cybersecurity knowledge and cyber hygiene, but at the same time, she has a little bit going forward when she says, you know, we need to hold businesses to a higher standard when it comes to code. Yeah. Because it's not just, you know, there's bugs among bugs among bugs, and you can't produce fast software quick. But it's increasing the number of threats. And then you have these guys that sit out there in all these other
1: countries, and all they do is find those bugs Mm -hmm. and exploit them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that that was the other point I was going to make is the, the actual threat actors. Um, they use these vulnerabilities in their TTPs. um,
0: What's TTP stand for?
1: uh, Shoot tactics, techniques, and protocols or practices. Something like that. Yeah. I've slept since I read the... Maybe not in that order. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but they they use these vulnerabilities, the, the exploits of these vulnerabilities in their TTPs, and they may hold on to the vulnerability and not let anybody know for years while they're exploiting it. Somebody else may not come around and find the vulnerability and actually announce it, you know, till you know months after the bad guys have already been exploiting it. Yeah, and at least from our perspective, the U.S. does a
0: very good job of pissing people off, (laughs) which makes our organizations, our businesses, targets, even our nonprofits and stuff like that targets. Because when you make people mad, they operate on emotion and they do things that they maybe they wouldn't normally do
1: to you. Well, and to so. to China, um, our oh, critical going, infrastructure, well, but like we, we we have business partnerships with China all over the place. But from the perspective of, a, you know, a Chinese um, advanced persis, persistent threat, they're not worried about the critical infrastructure of Alabama. They, they see Alabama as a member of the United States and... They're angry at the United States for whatever reason. So they're going to attack at whatever um, attack vector they can. And
0: it's probably going to be found in Alabama because we don't have very good Internet
1: down here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the the next one on the list, and I'll I'll let you introduce a couple in just a second. So the next one we have on the list is a lack of skilled professionals. And we don't – so, of course, there is a cybersecurity shortage in our world today, three and a half million by twenty twenty five. Is it that deep? Jeez, man. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Yeah, that that is that is, and and little things like like uh, Chat GPT, some AI stuff that's helping here here and there. Um, but still, we need people. We need people that know what they're know what they're doing, and then we need to be able to afford them. Um, because traditionally, cybersecurity roles have been high. Just because of the the pressure and the the, the knowledge base and uh, the rarity of the skill, I was about to say there's there's a definite
0: supply and demand yeah correlation there. Right, we have mm-hmm. so few people that actually know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to cyber yeah that they're able to demand astronomical rates. We are able to demand yeah. very high rates for what we do yeah yeah and it's because we we take it seriously and we know what we're talking about if we had a lot more people that knew what they were talking about people wouldn't be so stressed because we would have a bench of folks an helping. affordable bench of folks yeah and their rates would be lower so right. it'd be more affordable for the cyber team as a whole
1: yeah and you could take time off without having to worry about stuff piling up at home. Yeah, yeah, because so. the organizations has been able to afford more resources mm-hmm. to to do the, the jobs, and that's one of the points I wanted to make in this one was, in in that bullet point of lack of skilled professionals, I see the organizations still not putting the resources into the security team that they need to put into the security team. Exactly. Um, most of the security teams that I that I deal with, uh, either aren't Existent, like they, there's not one, or their skeleton crew, uh, or wearing multiple hats, sysadmin that put on the CISO hat for the afternoon. And we we can't do that anymore. I, I do work
0: with a major organization. Their CIO also fills the CISO role because the group, yeah. the, the company won't fund the role for the CISO. Yeah. I'm like, how do you keep up? He's like, well, you know, I'm stressed out and I'm
1: overworked. So, so, and I feel bad for them. Like, you know, let me help. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, uh, and th- those hats can be contrary sometimes. You put um, on your CIO hat, I need things to do this, this, and this. Yeah, so your SISO hat's like, well, you can't, yeah, the, like the, the CIO hat's go, 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 and the CIZO hat is hold on, think about it. Uh,
0: I think the lack of skilled professionals also isn't necessarily folks that can understand cybersecurity or IT in general. I think a lot of it has to do with a general entitlement and lack of work ethic these days. Fair enough. Because we've all seen people that'll show up, they'll send three emails talking about things, and then they won't look at anything anymore for the rest of the day. Because they sent their three emails. I've done my job. (laughs) Lord knows they can get a lot more done if they... And it yeah. doesn't have to be high paced stress. It could just be like a know, fourth email, first, maybe a fourth, or fifth. Yeah. So um, <laughs> next on the, <laughs> next on the list, you know, constantly evolving technology. Yeah. And w- we kind of had a conversation about this before we got started. Is um, how many times have people walked up to you yeah. and asked you <clears throat> specifically, Brad? How do I secure
1: the system that I've been running for 10 years? 10 years. (laughs) I've been a Linux admin for 10 years. How do I harden a Linux operating system? You tell me, man. Write the guide and I'll explain what's required. Dude, I can give you the the benchmark, but that doesn't mean I know exactly what setting is going to break all your crap. Exactly. And and to me, like that, that constantly evolving technology, the 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 cybersecurity guys, again, in, in every role that I've been in, every role that I've seen the teams that I've been a part of, the CyberSec guys are, are expected to know the technologies better than the technology owners. You better be a damn good general technologist. Yeah, you got to be. And you got to pay attention to
0: what the future may bring. I mean, we, you have Meta doing their VR augmented world i'm um, floating with no legs stuff um but then you also have to think of things like you know elon musk's um Neuralink. that's going to have it's going to pay big dividends for folks that are paralyzed or blind or have certain cognitive abilities that prevent them from doing things other folks would it might give people superpowers in the future you never know you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning are all of a sudden changing things for us because you're no longer just dealing with the kid in the hoodie in his mom's basement. You're having to deal with
1: possibly sentient technology that's able to do things at scale. Well, yeah, so now the, the kid in the hoodie in his mom's basement has been virtualized. And replicated. <laughs> and he's got even less to lose. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, constantly evolution.
0: Constantly evolving technology throws a wrench in everything. It's good, but it's bad, at least from a security perspective.
1: Yeah, and I can appreciate the the fast movement of like an agile development um, methodology. Mm-hmm. And the like uh, Microsoft technologies, Microsoft cloud technologies lately, they're all the time popping out new features and things, moving crap around so you can't find it. So
0: outside of constantly evolving technology, always keeping our heads on swivels, right? Uh, the next thing that we really have to look forward to is the complexity of networks and systems. And, you know, so our, our statement says, you know, many organizations have complex systems and networks that require specialized knowledge and skills to secure. This complexity can lead to longer hours and increased workloads. You know, that's, that's the root cause for complexity of systems and networks, causing stress to people. But uh, I think a lot of that is sourced from people not intelligently architecting systems. Design, yeah. System design. Enterprise Um, architects are a requirement for any enterprise organization. Yeah. Otherwise, you have a whole bunch of ad hoc systems that get implemented more than once because they weren't done
1: right or they didn't fall in line with the future goal or vision, right? Right, right, right. that, That concept of as is and to be, yeah. Yeah, and like that, that's a good point about inter- the enterprise architecture. Um, so the intent of an enterprise architecture is for the organization to understand how its systems support the different business lines that make up the organization, um, and then how the data is used, where the data flows within the organization, and then to build that map of where you are today versus where you want to be in the future. Um, and that is basically just a plan for your enterprise at that point. It's not even an IT thing. I mean, it, it it's associated with IT heavily because the IT supports the, the businesses directly, but that's that's a business thing that, uh, that businesses would greatly benefit from and be able to reduce the complexity in these systems and networks and uh, overlap in the technologies and, and processes and things like that. Yeah, the business needs to look at you and say, we're going to have this many branches... Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to go,
0: our goal is to maybe grow to this number. Mm-hmm. So we're starting with one, but we wish to have a hundred. So then you're thinking, okay, well, enterprise architecture of my network, load balancing of applications across regions for failover and stuff. And right. And make an intelligent decision, an informed intelligent decision.
1: Right. And look and look at what technologies can support the things that you're trying to do and then also grow to encompass the play, the way you're trying to go. Yeah. Don't buy something just because you have budget. Right. Think
0: this is going to fit my needs and right. do it the right way. So, <laughs> buy something just because you have budget. And there's a lot of organizations, especially in state government, you know,
1: you've seen it. You have to use it or lose it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. What do we call that? Shelfware? Stuff you yeah. dump a bunch of money in and then just stick it on the shelf when mm-hmm. you don't need it? Vaporware, depending on the agency. Yeah. And w- so, so, one of the point with that one—that complexity um, of systems and networks—documentation. Uh, I know a lot of organizations that have super complex um, environments, and then not a stitch <laughs> of documentation about it. Well, how many times does it look complex because it doesn't
0: have documentation? And if you just had the document, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, oh, that that's connects what to that. they did there." Yeah, who yeah. knew? Right. Because or- even "quote unquote" complex networks. It's just pathways for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh,
1: okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense now that I look at it. Yeah, and to, to tack to the one a minute ago, the, the evolving technologies that the, the technology has become rather complex as well. Like think think about Docker. I can get Docker working. I can get a, a, a container I can, up with and an running. All included script that does it for right? me. Right. I can I can figure out what the, what to type in, all that great stuff. But man, like figuring out the inner workings of Docker, I have no idea how that junk works. It, it is magic. It looks like magic to me. Um, but, but then works, then nice. again, like you, sp- nice. I sp- I've spent a lot of time in Linux. I've gotten to, to, to learn the Linux operating system better than I had in the past. And uh, le- it's less and less magic. So the stu- stuff like that, it becomes it less becomes, and less it, as the, the curtain it is It transitions rude. from magic to science and once you realize <laughs> right. that, like, Oh, <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. If you can pull the, the mask of, of uh, ignorance away. Mm. You can get to know these things. But that stuff takes time. You you can't be an SME in everything. Um God no. And that, that's what I where want that, to be one. Oh, my brain would explode. It's darn near there anyway. So those are like the five heavy hitters, right? We haven't or hit the we haven't hit causes. The we we're at number four. Mm. Number five. So Brad.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so Brad, Mr. Uh risk and
1: compliance what's what's the fifth rank fifth reason people reason. are burning out which is my personal hades uh, compliance and regulatory requirements ever changing these things are changing as often as the technology is changing yeah well, I mean, we just got rev 5 of 853 in 2020 yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> just in right things. in because in the nist world yeah how many people read the <clears throat> other four revisions No, I haven't read, uh, I've only seen three, four, and five. I haven't even seen one and two. Exactly. Old school. school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the regulatory requirements, I mean, we've got um, proposed changes to HIPAA, I believe. Uh, We have changes to GLBA that are pretty impactful Especially um, for who all it applies to that has no clue that it applies to them. Yeah, it broadened the application of, of those regulatory requirements. If you own to, a
0: car dealership,
1: it, it, you gotta follow GLBA. If you touch any financial information that deals with loans to individuals, you're subject to GLBA requirements. Banks, schools, Read it and call us when you need help. Best buy with their credit card, anything. <laughs> well, like loan applications and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah. So the compliance and regulatory requirements. Um, if you work in, a, in an organization that, that you think you want to go for federal contracts, yes, yeah, um, expect to expand your security team tremendously. Now, with that being said, yeah, that's a good investment. It is because you get a hold of that federal
0: government cow, and you can milk that thing, you make a lot of money because Lord knows they need it. Because we still have China still in our secrets from Lockheed Martin and all them. Mm-hmm. So How do they have an F-22? It looks just like our <laughs> F-22, except they don't call
1: it an F-22. They painted it red. I don't mm. uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, we can get into details about the compli- about the uh, complexities of compliance and um, regulations. It's ever-changing. Yeah. But.
0: It is a serious source for burnout. It's also, it's a serious source of burnout because people are actually starting to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. The The knowledge has rolled downhill enough to where people are starting to realize, oh, I have these things that I have to do. And on top of that, um, potatoes. Potatoes? Yeah, that's, that's what I call our presidents. Oh. Because they're all a bunch of potatoes. Not POTUS? Um, keep doing executive orders requiring things like cybersecurity framework, which we are on board with, but
1: it's becoming more and more forefront that we have to do these things. I'm going to speak on that because I'm not for that. Uh, Mainly because when, when, that was Trump that did that, that said all the organizations need to adhere to CSF? Yeah, and then Trump? Biden came out with something that helped reinforce
0: the same general idea. Right.
1: So they already have FSMA. Why are you wasting resources on a different framework that maps to FISMA? Sure, and they can go map the stuff over. Absolutely. But you're wasting effort. You're already putting the effort into FISMA. Why don't you reinforce the laws that are in place already? Yeah,
0: you know, they, they could reinforce more things in the FISMA, but at the same time, that wouldn't let their buddies make money to reinvent something else.
1: Yeah, and it wouldn't give them another bullet point on their resume to say, I did X. Yeah, I That's, know. That is the federal way. I know. I want to be promoted. I did this. I know, I
0: know. So, so those are the five things that we have going for us that caused us to want to shoot ourselves, try to learn how to fly <laughs> off tall buildings and bridges, or um,
1: smother ourselves <laughs> with our pillows. Brad, what can we do? <laughs> So to make our lives better. We got five issues that cause us to want to jump off bridges. Um, we have five responses to those that, uh, that that might help us a little to uh, talk us down and not play out a uh... the safety net, if you will. Sure, sure, sure. So the first one is uh, task prioritization. So we can prioritize tasks, and that way, knock out the heavy ones first and quickly. I task
0: prioritization is good. Um, you have to triage and mitigate. Based on your triage. So, and this is, we're gonna touch on this on bullet five of how to fix things.
1: Hmm.
0: But teaching people that you show up, you go to work, and then you stop when you leave. We obsess about stuff when we go home. Yeah. You lay in bed, look up (laughs) at the ceiling, and you think, that assessment's tomorrow. I need to do this. And I know that we're missing this, that, and the other. And there's hundreds more that I gotta, gotta get to, hundreds of requests, yeah. So, yeah, prioritization. Prioritization of tasks is critical because you'd be surprised at how many folks actually don't know how to do that well.
1: Well, no, and, and you can do that from a number of perspectives. Uh, of course, your, your leadership can prioritize tasks for you, um, like supervisors, managers, that kind of a thing. But you can also use uh, things like the results of a risk assessment to prioritize your, your tasks. Yeah. That, that can tell you what security controls to focus on first. I mean, it's not your job to secure everything right out of the gate. It's no, it's your it job can't to happen. do what the business needs you to do. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? So the next one is automation and technology. You know, we keep talking about the always evolving technology that is. Yeah.
0: Sometimes that works in
1: our favor. Right. Right. Uh, the, the whole concept of SOAR, uh, security, or- uh, security orchestration, automation, and. Res- mm. Yep, SOAR, <laughs> <laughs> automated technologies. The ability to use technology
0: to do things for you that you normally would have to do manually. So, you Google what it means because we mess up acronyms all the time here. But you would look at something like, you know, Fortinet's
1: got API-driven automation stitches. We're idiots, by the way. We're way off. No, we're right on. Uh, just can't get our words straight. Security orchestration, automation, and response.
0: Yeah, that stuff. Those words. So, for instance, Fortinet has the ability to do what they call automation stitches, stitches and they have... Fortisore as well, because they have Forta everything. But, like, if you see a computer doing something suspicious or whatever, you can automatically quarantine it mm-hmm. so that you can then, then look at it later. A, right. or, it, or block it, or remove it from the network, or block a destination.
1: Yeah. yeah if, there's, if there's things that you do a million times a day, most likely you can automate that crap. Yeah, I mean, you can automate most of what Tier 1 SOC analysts a do. A lot of it, Yeah. Which means
0: you no longer have SOC analysts jumping off buildings from looking at logs all day. Yeah. So yeah. automation and technology, especially if you can uh, leverage uh, machine learning. I'm not going to say AI yet because it's just not there yet. But if you can leverage machine learning to sort and correlate right. things, you can you can take
1: vast amounts of data and make it usable. You can weed out and uh, most likely won't have the scenarios like Target lived through years ago. Or I think Home Depot got popped too, right? Just like that? like similar. Their sim popped the alert, but there were so many alerts, the analysts didn't catch it. The boy who cries wolf loses his flock. (laughs) And maybe himself. (laughs) It's an ancient Japanese haiku. Confucius, say. Yeah. All right, so automation and technology. So the next one. um We came up with this one. I don't necessarily agree with this. And I'm going to explain to you why after you explain it. 10-4. Ten four. So the next one is continuous training and development um, growth. We don't have enough to do already. Good lord. Growth in your uh, your knowledge base um, from training and career development. Um, why don't you think that's a good idea? I mean, so th- I have pros and cons to it. Sure, you get more efficient at what you do, so you can yeah. get more done in a shorter space of time. Yeah.
0: But what's that wonderful saying?
1: Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, we opened with it. Yeah. The
0: moment you know. You have to do something with it. Right. And if you have any kind of moral compass or work ethic, we keep going back to that work ethic. Right. You feel obligated to even when it's not your responsibility. Right, right.
1: And I, I see that so many times. Um, I, I've taken, when I look at the mirror, <laughs> I see it. I've, I've taken a role, like you're saying, I've taken a role where as soon as I walk in the door, it's like just mountains of... So, "Quote unquote security crap" dumped on me, mm. and they go, "Oh well, the security guy's here." Well, this is all you know. It's like, no, no, no. I don't manage the right. server, so I'm right. just helping you understand what all of our responsibilities are. Um, but you're required the patch. I'm just telling you that you're required the patch, right? Right. And like the the whole due diligence and due due care concept. When when you start to know things, then you'll start to recognize. Life things. gets a lot grayer. It does, and it gets complex and difficult and there's always something to do
0: and that's where bourbon and tequila comes in
1: <laughs> right and that's you'll find too like when when you start noticing things that you get less uh thumb twiddling time like there's less downtime because crap there's so much to do now that i see all the holes that need to be need to be patched unless you take that voluntary lobotomy and then boom you mean st- never yeah voluntary lobotomy yep All right, so number four, number four, uh, which I think that number four is a good one. I like number four. Uh, Yeah. You talk to number four. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about a panel I was on that discusses actually my view on number four. Okay. Okay. So so number four is collaboration and communication. Um, I like to think of that one as the family approach. When you're on a cybersecurity team, there's so much going on – there's so many high-pressure scenarios that you you have to act like a family, um, and you have to work with e- with each other as a team, because, because none of us is as dumb as all of us. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> none of us is as
0: dumb as all of us.
1: Yeah, but collaboration and communication—you uh, you have to rely on the resources in, in your team and uh, try to work um, almost hive mind kind of a thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So so what's your, what's your panel about? Oh, so we were doing a panel talking about cybersecurity and how to improve
0: it, right? Mm -hmm. And this is back in, like, late 2018, maybe 2019. It's all a blur since COVID. Yeah. Um, But I was asked, it's like, you know, what can cybersecurity teams and IT departments in general do to help improve collaboration? And I think that personally, the number one thing, I prefaced it with, I know this is going to sound silly coming from someone with the haircut that I have, because this used to be further this way. (laughs) Like. I had that whole Borg, Lieutenant Borg, or whatever thing from Fifth Element. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly. Gary Oldman. <laughs> Gary yeah. Oldman from Fifth Element. Yep. But I said I think the number one thing that we need to do is we need to get over ourselves. We need to check our egos at the door, because you would be surprised at how many people refuse to ask for help or any oh, input yeah. when it comes to cyber. And yeah. it's either because they don't want to be viewed as not knowing. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want folks to know that they might have an incident on their hands. It's like, dude, I mean, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, eventually they're going to figure it out. And if you didn't say something, Exactly. Yeah. So, I, you know, collaboration and communication is key. We do not live in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of smart people around you, whether you agree to that or not. And <laughs> you do not know everything. So lean on the people that are next to you and get through your
1: stuff in the way that you should. And be cool with everybody. We've all got stuff going on. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, man. Collaborate and communicate, and listen. Communicate,
0: yeah. When someone's talking <clears throat> to you, don't sit there and try to come up with responses to what they're saying. Because if you're doing that, you're not listening. <laughs> you're thinking about other things. Confucius say. That's not Confucius. That's Pruitt. <laughs> Pruitt say. Pruitt say. Actually, listen to the words coming out of people's mouths. Last but not
1: least, my man employee well-being yep employee well-being i don't have a lot of uh, insight on this one so brad doesn't know what it's like to live a healthy (laughs) lifestyle
0: when it comes to separating yourself from work neither do i it's really hard to compartmentalize but i've tried and that's exactly what you need to do so our little footnote here is burnout and overwork can be addressed by promoting employee Mm well-being this includes encouraging breaks time off and healthy work habits Additionally, providing resources for mental health and wellness can help support overall stuff, which makes sense. But at the end of the day, you need to tell your people, work when you're at work, but don't stress yourself out and kill yourself over it. Show up, put in your eight or nine, depending, a lot of places are doing these, you know, four tens these days or something. Do what you're supposed to do, but then go home, see your family, exercise, do something for fun. Try to eat relatively healthy. Maybe dial back the Monsters and the Diet Dr. Peppers. <laughs> One day I'll figure out how to do that. But, I mean, when you do just simple things like that, quality of life goes up. You're not as depressed when you go home. Sure, you might be going home to a single-bedroom apartment and a cat because you spend all day looking at logs and you don't know how to communicate <laughs> how to talk or to connect to people. <laughs> but at
1: least your body will be a little bit happier. And that's not to say don't be responsible for things. We're in IT. You're going to have to work long hours sometimes. It happens.
0: Especially during breaches.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Breaches are bad. But um, don't
0: don't wake up at 2 in the morning and go, oh, and refuse to go back to sleep because you're thinking about hard disk possibly failing in your cluster of servers that you have
1: two rooms over. Right. Which is what I do. That's That's awesome. If somebody would take that action he just did and meme it, I would appreciate it as well. Which one? Whatever, the, oh, whatever uh, that was. Please uh, run with that. I'm gonna make a gift and it's gonna be on <laughs> tenor in no time.
0: So yeah, employee well-being. Teach people that work is what you do, not who you are. Yeah. Cause that's that's critical. So, so that is the nitty-gritty of it, man. That's that's five top items that we've identified that cause cybersecurity professionals to be stressed out. To the point where they either want to burn out or don't want to burn out, but to the point that they do burn out and quit, or to the point where, you know, some bad physiological or, you know, mental things happen that bring them down. Heart attacks and strokes from stress are real. I mean, it has a lot to do with the caffeine and stuff that you're doing too, but whatever. So... That's the five heavy hitters that we've seen, and five
1: possible things that might make life better for folks. So, so if you have any um, other ideas or opinions, let us know. Yeah, what do you guys do to decompress? And don't say tequila
0: shots and golf, <laughs> because I can't golf; my back hurts by the time I'm done. And tequila shots make me fall asleep, which actually falling asleep sounds like a good idea. That might make life Mm-mm. life is good when you're asleep. <laughs> But, yeah, comment below about what you do to help either improve your employees' lives or your life because you may not be in a position of leadership. But if you can teach the rest of your team the things that you do to help make uh, work not so stressful so that you can keep coming to work. Yeah, we'd love to hear your ideas. We'd love to hear your ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, do us a favor. If you like the video, hit the thumbs up button. If you didn't, hit the thumbs down button and tell us why in the comments. Either way, you're helping me. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe, hit the notify bell so you know when we you know, produce new stuff. And uh, do me a favor. I would like to start doing some remote interviews with other cybersecurity folks from abroad. So comment or tag them in the comments below. Yeah, That way cool. they can find out about us, we can find out about them, and we can set up some good, uh, useful stuff for you. But until next time, remember, security is achievable. Don't stress yourself out. Thank okay. you.